This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, 754 now, six minutes until 8 o'clock. KQ. It's 37 and cloudy right now, but it's going to be very nice, actually. It's going to be 46 tomorrow, 38 on Thursday, or tomorrow is Thursday, excuse me. It's going to be 40 today. Uh, then 38 tomorrow, 45 on Friday, 47 Saturday, and 45 Sunday. Really nice weather coming up. It's going to be some clouds, uh, but mostly sunny on a couple of those days. Um, I was just sent a, a message from a friend of mine who went to grade school with me, and I learned a word way back uh, in the day. He said, why don't you put that word in there? And I said, well, I will, maybe I will next time. But... Um, as a, I guess I was 15 years old, something like that, I learned this word. And so anytime I wanted to insult someone and not let them know I was insulting them, I would call them quotidian. Yeah. Have you ever heard the word quotidian? Never. Mm-mm. It's a great word. It, now, if I came up and you said, oh, look at that. Look at that job you did there. Quite quotidian. I'd say, oh, I did such a good job. Doesn't, wouldn't you be impressed? Because mm-hmm. everybody was. Yeah. You know what quotidian means? Hmm. Ordinary. <laughs> Honestly, coming from you, huge compliment. Yes, it's quite ordinary. I would take that any day. <laughs> As a compliment, you're, from you're you? so ordinary. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Knowing that it could go the other way, I'll take ordinary. Well, that's true. That's a very good point, actually. Now you're making sense, sister. Thank you. God, I had fun in that first hour of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I peed a little. That was funny. You guys are welcome. I'm a moron, so... That's kind of yeah, but you're kind of an adorable moron. Like I see, like I that was pretty funny to watch you go. Like your brow got all furrowed, and oh, he's on the struggle bus. (laughs) I love that your brow got furrowed. Oh yeah, wonderful. It was like why you could just tell he was in his own personal hell, and I don't know why I find that. Adorable. Yeah, there's that scene in uh, the movie Kingpin with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. When he's, oh, I, I can't remember, it. they're sitting at the bar and I can't remember what the line is, but Woody Harrelson basically turns around, looks at the bartender and goes, You don't have, because they're selling encyclopedias. He goes, You mm-hmm. don't have to read them to sell them. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> and that is what I feel like my entire life is. It's just me trying to not show my hand as to how dumb I really am, you know? I uh, Same. I can relate to that on a very visceral level. <sighs> uh, in that movie, Woody Harrelson only has one hand. I know, yeah. right? Okay. My favorite line in that movie is when the, the, the server, the woman, comes up to the table, looks at the other guy at the table and says, how you doing, handsome? And Woody Allen, I mean, Woody Harrelson says, not too bad. She goes, 
I said handsome, not handless. handless. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That movie is funny. Yeah, oh, it I is, think it's a terrific movie. It's one of those classics, man. And every line in there is just like so memorable. Because speaking about the hand, I love the fact when he's got the ring on and he holds it up. He's got the, you know, the Iowa State bowling championship ring and he mm-hmm. shows it right. to the lady and, and he's like that's pure gold right there. And she's like, it looks like it's made of rubber. And he's like, the <laughs> ring, not the hand. <laughs> so you know that's brilliant. Yeah. That's so good. I love that whole deal. Um, you know, TikTok's in the news this morning because they're thinking about throwing them out of the country, which a lot of people think is a good idea. I don't know. I don't go on social media. Uh, they, they think that TikTok is spying on all Americans. Is that what they think? Yeah, which is hilarious because we're like openly giving everyone our information anyways. We're like, yeah. now I'm at yep. the grocery store. Now I am showing you my social security card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all true, but uh, TikTok duos, excuse my grandma, explores changing relationship ideals. What mm. the hell is that all about? That's I, interesting. I am in. I'm in. What is it? The dating scene today often involves social media apps and more, making the generation gap even more stark when examining how previous generations met, fell in love, and got married. One East Coast family is talking about those differences and using social media to share smart life tips that may never go out of style. Kim Merstein is a 27-year-old New York native who went to live with her grandma, Gail, Gail Rudnick, 80, in Palm Beach, Florida. That tells you it's not West Palm Beach, it's Palm Beach. So what does that tell you? Uh, That's where the poor people live? Yes, grandma's got a lot of damn money. Oh, gotcha, okay. (laughs) That's what that means right there. Honest to God, I believe Rush Limbaugh's house on Palm Beach Island just sold for $115 million. Sure. I don't care how I don't care if I was worth two hundred billion dollars. I'm not buying a house for a, a buck fifteen. Ain't gonna happen. No. Hundred fifteen million dollars for a house, mm-hmm. really? Okay. Yeah. I heard it's like five bedrooms, though. So yeah, <laughs> at least yeah. only twenty million dollars a bedroom. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Wow. That actually not bad. If you go in with a roomie, that's not so bad. <laughs> No, that's true. No, mm-hmm. I suppose it's only you know a little over what eighty million a piece or yeah. almost anyway. I don't know what the hell over it is. That was not good, very good math there, Tom, because it's nowhere near that much. Anyway, moving forward. Um, now, do you guys have the audio for this story? We do. Yeah, this is the uh, the grandma. Marvelous. Yeah, this is the grandma talking about. It. You want to hear it now? So basically, what the, to set it up? This is a grandma talking about what? Uh, this is her giving dating advice. Dating advice to her granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, and how old is she? Eight. Uh, the gra- grandma is eighty, and the uh, the daughter is twenty. Granddaughter is twenty seven. Perfect. Here's the audio. The gentleman should always pull out a chair for a woman if they're going to a restaurant. The person who initiates the date should do the choosing of the liquor. If she's taking him out. Then she should choose. You should not order the most expensive thing on the menu. Or even share something. Say, you know, we could share. That that would be work for me because I can't eat the whole thing. And I think when the date is over, he should get out of the car in front of her house or apartment and open the door for her. See, now these are the problems that I'm having. Because that sound, it didn't sound like my mother because she had a New York accent. But those are the kinds of things my mother... This whole ma'am and sir thing that we're going through is a real bitch for me because I was told if you don't call women ma'am and men sir, then I'm disappointed in you. My mother wanted me to be to hold doors for people, to go around and open the door. It doesn't mean the woman or your date or whatever is lesser than. 
Uh, is anybody going to ever understand that you learned uh, the world differently than other people did? So no one's trying to hurt your feelings by saying, hello, sir. Right? Yeah, this, these seem like pretty much common courtesies that I think all yeah. guys should do. Uh, the, yep. uh, the one thing is I kind of disagree with was that, number one, if it is the first three dates, no matter what, the guy always pays. If it's, if That's it's, true. Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's a guy-girl that are going out together, the guy always pays at least the first three dates. Then after that, you can go Dutch or she can pony up the bill every once in a while. The one thing about... Uh, depends on who initiated the date gets to choose the liquor. That was very confusing. <laughs> what? <laughs> as, yeah. as an alcoholic, yeah. that gets a little bit dicey what? with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to choose soda. Hey, you guys want to have a Michelob Ultra? No, no, no. We're doing shots of scotch at the bar. Like, that is such a weird... <laughs> shots of scotch yeah. sounds so bad. It's such a like weird 1930s like, yeah, see? You know, it's like it doesn't feel like it's such a modern day thing to tell but somebody what they can or can't drink. It's it's like the guy right, ordering for the right. woman. Like, how? It's so weird. But I do think there's something kind of, it's like with a, a drink, it's kind of less on the stake or like, like less high stakes, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of adorable, the idea that you're like, okay, I guess we're getting, you know, old fashions. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I also agree with you that that's so weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing. If I had to sit down and drink whatever you're drinking, back in the days when I did used to drink, what is that, a was that, you know, like 10, 11 years ago, something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think you're, yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere in there. Uh, but as soon as, well, you just mentioned this. Tom, we're drinking old fashions. You don't want me drinking an old fashioned. No, agreed. I'm just here to tell you. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Not a good idea. So why, why can't we just drink whatever we want to drink? Why do I have to drink what you're having? It's like, it's one of those that. weird rules where you go, it's kind of adorable. Like, you know, the nuances. Like, you know how we were talking yesterday about you having dinner with the, or lunch with the president, and mm-hmm. I, and, you know, asked you, did you just say I'll have the same thing? There's something about the little dance that you do sometimes, where you go, did I want a BLT? Mm, I don't know, but it just felt right to say, you know, I'll get the same. And I've done that at restaurants, and it just feels like mm-hmm. a, a weird nicety. That's like, I don't. We have so many meals. I could have a BLT today. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you. If I was going to get the chair in two weeks, I'd probably have 14 BLTs, oh. either for lunch or dinner every day. A BLT is, is when it. it hits right, it's so good. I love them. Absolutely love them. There's no getting around it. So, yeah, I don't I, I, I really hope that people do return to being polite because some of you are just raging pricks now. Don't hold the door for me. I can do it. It's like, oh, pardon me. <laughs> it really ruined your day that I held the door for you, didn't it? Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I think another rule, and me and Rudy have talked about this, the first rule of dating is the first date is never a full meal. Never commit Mm-mm. to a full meal because no. that is a waste of your time and theirs because you know if you want to be around somebody within the first five oh, minutes. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Like I do. I did dog walks. My thing was, hey, let's meet up and walk the dogs. And it's like, if oh, we don't have anything sure. to talk about, you can always be like, lean into the conversation about the dog. I also get something done while I, you know, and then you can, I'd say the most you can do is coffee or Drinks. Yeah, um, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the first date? Absolutely. If you don't, have you, if this is when you haven't met the person. Like, if, oh, okay. Yeah, like this is like on a dating app or a friend of a friend. But if you know the person, obviously go for it. But like, otherwise, no, do not commit to a full meal with this human. Yeah, I had a, 
Well, I'm uh, sorry. I had a very speaking of that. I had a very Larry David moment where in South Minneapolis, I went on a first date, and the woman ordered a burger and fries at a nice restaurant, and it was like twenty dollars. She took one bite of the burger and ate two fries, and I finished my entire oh, meal. Oh. And then the waiter comes up and he goes, "Can I take this?" And she's like, "Yeah, go ahead. And, yeah, I'm done." <gasps> and I was like, "Oh no, no, no! Can you just box that up?" And she was like, "What are you doing?" I'm taking the food that I'm paying for home. You can't take somebody's food home. That's not your food. That was my food. I'm telling them to give it back. I'm like, we're not what? wasting $20 of hamburgers and french fries just because you weren't hungry. You, yeah. you ordered it. I'm paying for it. This is my food. And she was like, no, nah, that doesn't work that way. I said, you go ahead and box that up right now. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. That was the end of it. Oh, Never saw her again. Hell yeah. yeah. Yep. You know what you should have said, though? Hmm. And, uh, sir, would you do me a favor? Would you take a knife and cut out that bite part of hers? Because I don't want her <laughs> spit on my hamburger. And also stab me. Because this yeah. is a terrible thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. Cut out my heart. Just stab me right in the head. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. I am, I am my mother's daughter. Even when we went out um, to dinner, it was me, you, Rudy, and then um, some bosses here at Hubbard. We all got like shared food and they go, Brittany, do you want to take all this home? Because I was like, we have so much food. I was like, yup. Yeah. I took all of it home and ate You're all of great. it for like two days. Yes. I cannot with wasted food. But don't you also think, and I, I do, in m- most cases, day old food that's been in your refrigerator is almost good and sometimes better oh. than it was the first day. People who don't eat leftovers Ugh. are my favorite people to live with. Because I get their leftovers. Yeah. yeah. There's a couple of things that don't reheat well. Uh, don't don't ever bring home sushi. Don't ever, I don't like bringing oh, home God, salads yeah. that already have dressing on them. I'll keep them right where they are. But, yeah. man, that first initial wake up and you got a pork oh, chop from the night yes. before in that dough, styrofoam container and you throw it on a plate. Oh, my goodness. Bring me, bring me home. I'm, I'm, I'm home. Yeah. I can understand. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. That's that leftover deal. If you you got to do it right, obviously you can't let it sit around forever and then put it in the refrigerator. But if you do it right, it it really really good food. Mm-hmm. It's well, I got lucky because the first time. Well, actually, Catherine, my first time we went to dinner, we weren't on a date. She was working for my attorney, and she asked me if she could interview me about the voiceover business because she was in college at the time. Uh-huh. So we just met up to have dinner and talk and I was interviewed by her except the interview never happened because they brought my food out and I looked down at it and she said what's the matter and I said oh nothing and I pretended there was nothing wrong and I pushed this little thing aside and then I pushed another thing and then the third time I said there's a wig in my food. I had, honest to God, like three, four, five long hairs in my food. <laughs> there's a wig in my food. And she loved the fact that I said, there's a wig in my food. And from that point on, we went out together. It was, can you imagine being, now, Rudy, mm-hmm. you do stand up. Mm-hmm. You imagine given a, a situation like that where you wouldn't say there's a wig in my food? Of course you would. Yeah, it sets itself up. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. So, uh, I mean, if you're, cl- I guess if you're clever enough to do that, she was very impressed with that because I, can, can most people not do that? Well, it also goes back to the fact that you're on a date, and I feel like men's brains, when we are in that situation where we are like on a date or we're trying to like court somebody, that mm-hmm. our brains inherently hardwired, we we become funnier. Because some nervousness, the anxiousness kind of feeling. Well, not only that, but there's a lot of times where like, and Tom, I don't know about you, but I was in the situation where like, 
when I was young, I was kind of chunky and I'm short and I had a difficult time meeting women. So the only way I could be able to hook up with somebody would be through humor. It's like, it's almost like, makes sense. Yeah. It's like we have that mechanism built in for us to be funny or at least attempt to be funny because we understand that then a woman will start to bring down like her guard when it comes to, you know, wanting to get closer to us. I love it. See, that's just being human. I love people when they're human. Yeah, yeah. We've kind of gotten away from that, though, all our human traits. We've kind of got, we're very guarded about our human traits now, which is unfortunate. But I suppose you got to protect yourself. I, I guess that's what, is that what that's all about, you think? I would think so, yeah. I also like, but we, we also like have this thing, too, where I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if you guys do this. Do you only remember the worst in people? Mm, no, no, not at all. No? Some, a lot of a lot of times it's the it's the great things of people. I do both actually. Yeah, I I have this problem where I have a need to find common things, and I I have terrible boundaries where I'm like, hey, we found this in common. Like you know, Rudy, you and I, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, should we be best friends? You know what I mean? And like you're like, you know what? I have yeah. friends. We're good. And I'm like, that's where I have I have terrible boundaries. Yeah. And. And I get, you know, where that feeling of, oh, it takes me a while to realize people don't like me. I, I, I will invite, because as soon as I start filling walls up, I'm like, do you want to come to my house? I'll make you food. Like, I want. So I think I do the opposite. I think I try to find common things with me, me and this person where they're like, we're not this close. Please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. I love it. Oh, I got a, a message from... The two of you and Bernie, Bernie's the head of sales for uh, for Hubbard. Mm-hmm. You guys sent me a text, I did, uh, uh, a text message. I but didn't he know sent that. us a text? I think he sent us a... Yeah. Well, your names are both on them, so it's all three of us, I guess. So, so my name would be on yours. I see what you're saying. He wrote, oh, that's very funny. Bernie Lauer, the head of sales at Hubbard, LOL at diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you have it. Yeah. Um, I love this one too. This is a, from a long time listener. Next time someone bitches about you holding the door for them, just apologize for setting their therapy back a few sessions. <laughs> That's great advice. God, I'm certain to get. You know what's so amazing about that? Because back in the day, people would call into the radio station and tell you that themselves. But nobody uses their voice. Everybody texts now, so they don't have to call in. Hmm. So I'm going to have to keep my, uh, my eye on, and you guys probably do the same, on your text messages for the day. Because I'm, I'm looking, man. I got a lot of great text messages today already. I love this. A lot of, a lot of good content. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Harvard career expert, the number one desirable skill that very few people have, especially men. A number one desirable skill very few people have, and mostly women do have it. What do you think that might be? Because I have no idea. Uh, maybe uh, comfort? Multitasking. Comfort. Multitasking, comfort, and I'll go with don't be an asshole. Yeah. So mm-hmm. th- we got it all covered then, right? I think so. Perfect employee. Okay, here we go. I'm scrolling down now to the uh, to the story. When young people ask me for career advice, I always tell them, don't just focus on your own accomplishments. Be a collaborator. Through a decade of teaching and research at Harvard's business and law schools, I discovered an important and often overlooked insight. People who figured out how to collaborate across teams gained a major competitive edge over those who did not. Well, that's the show. All we do here is cooperate (laughs) with one another. Right? Yeah, we do. 
God, we figured it out long before this hun mm-hmm. yuck from Harvard ever. Why don't we get an article in the Harvard, whatever the name of it? What's the, the Harvard what? Well, we tried to write one, but they spent most of the time correcting my spelling. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> there, there's the problem. We got stuck on the first sentence because it said diarrhea in it. So we were just like, all right, let's give up. Yep, I was done. Done. Can I help you with your derogula? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, most definitely. Um, when it comes to hiring, small collaborators are highly desirable candidates. They uh, they uh, deliver higher quality results, get promoted faster, are more noticed by senior management, have more satisfying clients. Well, don't you think it takes a level not only of cooperation but of intelligence to collaborate? Um, if you have enough confidence in yourself to allow yourself or to ask to collaborate, that shows you're pretty sharp anyway, doesn't it? Yes, I think. And there's also the idea of putting your guard down and not having to be, right. you know, the sole carrier of a team. It's all true. So being a collaborator is not easy, though. That's the other part of this. Uh, the primary goal is simple, bringing people together to solve problems and learn something new. So here's how to get better at it. Be an inclusive leader. Well, why? if you're the leader, why wouldn't you be inclusive anyway? It's your job to lead people. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. no sense. Whether or not you're the project leader takes steps to draw diverse people together. The mindset I always have is that that uh, person thinks differently from me. They know something different. That, see, this is exactly what we've been trying to, and I'll just say I've been trying to, to preach about for about five years now. It's like we can actually learn a lot from one another. Just because I disagree with you doesn't mean I hate you or I think you're an idiot. I would always go, why? Why do you like that person so much? I mean, what, maybe there's something I'm missing here, right? I mean, if, if you cooperate, don't you think that'd be a much better way to live than run around hating everybody because they don't agree with you, right? I, I don't know if we brought this up on this show before, but there is a show on Netflix called The 100. Did mm-hmm. we talk about this? No, but we haven't. And, uh, but So The 100 is they have four, I think it's four or five groups of, di- yeah, so five groups of different ages. So there's 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And they everybody is given the same exact task. And the people who do the best in the task, because you have to work together as a group, the people who do the best are the people in their 20s and the people in their 60s. Those are the people. Oh, those yeah. are the people that do the best, and the reason is, and they, they explain why it is after uh, every single event that they do. Uh-huh. And they said because in your 20s, uh, you have no stress. You're fun. You're bubbly. You're just learning. You're realizing that you know uh, uh, you, you don't have a lot of money coming in, so you don't have a lot of money going out. Uh-huh. But progressively, as you get a family, and then you have a marriage, and then you have a mortgage, that's your 30s, your 40s, and then into your 50s, you start having a difficult time working with people because you're so stressed out. You think that your answer is always the right answer. And then by the time you get to your 60s, you don't give a shit anymore, and you just want to enjoy yourself. So when somebody brings a possible answer to the equation, you go, let's try it, because I'm not going to argue with you. And next thing you know, that is when that is the the best uh, outcomes of all these sort of scenarios these people are put in is because it's on opposite ends of the spectrum and everything in the middle. And as I was watching it, I'm like, great, I am smack dab in the middle of both those ages. Like, I am right in the middle, man. Right. Like, son of a bitch. Yeah. I think that's great, though. I really do. I do, too. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the low end, the high end. That's what my husband does for his job is he does... Um, 
um, executive hiring at General Mills. So he'll sit and do these tests and analyze and like what the difference is on these testing for different groups and all these things and what works well with it. And it's so, it is so interesting. I didn't even know it was a job until I started dating him. Um, and when they talk right. about looking at um, the aggressiveness of women charted compared to men and that they, they have to make up the compensating of aggressiveness so it's not a negative. But if it's too aggressive on the men's scale, it's a negative because they think they know everything. Mm. So it's all those things combined where you go, it's so interesting to see what excel, who excels, what's role for what. I don't know. It's cool. No, it is. Absolutely right. we got to go to break in a second, but I want to run this by you first. Uh, you guys ever visited anybody in prison, not just jail, but in prison? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Well, I have several times in my life. You I... know, it's just, well, you know. Um, well, let me put it this way. Not everybody who's in prison is a moron, but a lot of them are. You do know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying if you went to prison, you're a moron. That's not what I'm saying at all. There are, most of the people in prison are not that, all that bright. They just aren't. And they're certainly not educated. Now, some are, but most aren't. And here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You ready? Mm -hmm. Two guys broke out of prison. It was in, um, where the hell? Oh, Newport News. That's uh, it's Rhode Island, right? Mm -hmm. Newport, Rhode Island, I think. Newport News is in, I think that's what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, a couple of guys from Rhode Island uh, were in prison, and they escaped from prison. Okay. Newport News Sheriff's Office says two inmates tunneled a hole in a cell wall. Now, it takes a long time to tunnel a hole in a cell wall, right? It's concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times rebar, too. Uh, they escaped from the city jail building on Monday. Arlie Nemo and John Garza were able to exploit a construction design weakness in the building. Well, these guys weren't too stupid then. If they, they discovered a construction design weakness, they got to be pretty smart, don't you think? Yeah. Or lucky. Have, or lo yeah, maybe just lucky. They used a toothbrush and a metal object to make a hole, according to the sheriff's office. How long do you think it would take to dig through a wall with a toothbrush and a metal object? I just said that. Uh, that's the, I go, wow, these are actually ambitious son of a guns, because I haven't even defrosted, like, my <laughs> Your walkway. <windshield>? Yeah, like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, well. Okay, so here's the payoff for the whole story. I got to believe it took them weeks and weeks and weeks to dig through that wall. Yeah. Don't you agree? Th absolutely. You know why they escaped from prison and where they were arrested? Oh, no. Where'd they go? What'd they do? They were arrested because they broke out of prison because they w both wanted to eat at IHOP. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Commendable. They literally dug and dug and dug for weeks so they could go to International House of Pancakes. No, yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, don't, I, I'm, I'm going with stupid. Well, I'm sorry. Well, don't you know that you, you know, if you really want to blend in with some burly characters, you go Perkins at 3 a.m. Mm. That's where you're going to blend in with criminals, not yeah. an IHOP. It's too high end. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. That is too high end. Mm -hmm. My favorite, I went down to, uh, what the hell's the name of that place? They're all over the South. Oh, God. They're diners. W Waffle House? Waffle House. That's exactly right. Do we have Waffle Houses in Minnesota? We do not. I didn't think so. Mm -mm. I didn't think we did. First time, Jacksonville, Florida, 1976, I think it was, 77 maybe. I walk into a Waffle House in Jacksonville, Florida at 2 o'clock in the morning because I can't sleep. First thing that happens is there's two women sitting in a booth. They both have curlers in their hair. And a third woman with curlers in her hair walks in 
walks up to the table, looks at the woman on the left and says, I heard you called my daughter a bitch and punched her right in the mouth. It's like, where am I? What did I do here? In her defense, her daughter was a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. I called her a bitch because she is a bitch. That's why. I mean, this woman clocked her, too. It wasn't just some slapper. She punched her right in the mouth. One of the curlers came out and everything. It was phenomenal. That sounds amazing. All right. Well, you guys do a break. I have to go to IHOP. Yeah, of course. Because you know, it's just so, it's just pull, it's pulling me in. You can't resist it. Mm-hmm. It's true. We shall be right back in a couple of seconds. The lovely and talented Channel 5 Eyewitness News, Chris Egger, joins us right after this. It's Tom, and you just have to hang in there. Winter is almost over, I promise. It really is time to start thinking about spring lawn care, which means it's time to call ProTurf and get set for summer. God, I want to get set for summer. Nothing is better than summer in Minnesota. Nothing's better than getting help from the pros at Professional Turf for landscaping, lawn care, irrigation systems. When the snow is gone, ProTurf is on your lawn. See, you get it? When the snow is gone, ProTurf is on your lawn. I like it. They'll pull together a three- to five-step program that's safe, effective, and guaranteed to give you the results you're looking for. All estimates are done on site and in person. ProTurf will take the time to inspect your lawn and landscape and formulate a plan that'll be just for you. And ProTurf is a family-owned Minnesota company, been around since 1982. They care for lawns and landscapes where they live, in Minnesota. For lawn care, landscaping, and irrigation systems, call their exceptionally friendly staff, and I've talked to them, I know they're exceptionally friendly, or visit professionalturf.com and click estimates. That's professionalturf.com. At the new Tom Bernard Morning Show, we're pretty low-key. We talk in regular voices. Well, except for Tom's, which is all like, You're a disaster. But we don't get all hypey and stuff. However, we are doing a contest called Pick Your Prize. You could win $10,000 worth of yard machines from Tri-State Bobcat. $10,000 worth of machines. It's pretty hard not to get excited about $10,000 worth of lawn machines, including a zero-turn mower, a walk-behind mower, snowblower, string trimmer, leaf blower, chainsaw, and more. Or a $10,000 Cub Foods gift card. And all you have to do is register on the Tom Bernard Show app, which you already have, right? Well, if not, download it. No big deal. Then register. Every time you open the app between now and March 31st, you'll be entered in the $10,000 Pick Your Prize contest. That's it. Download the Tom Bernard Show app. It's free, and it's in your app store. Win $10,000 worth of yard machines from Tri-State Bobcat, a $10,000 cup gift card, and so much more. See it all on the Tom Bernard Show app. Lowe's MVP's bonus days are back for pros. Right now, buy a DeWalt 20-volt max power stack battery two-pack at $199 and get a select DeWalt Bear tool free. Plus, earn three times the bonus points on all Metabo HPT tools and products. Shop even more savings and bonus points offers during MVP's bonus days at Lowe's. Bonus points calculated before taxes and fees after applicable discounts, if any. About 320 through 331. Subject to change. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. Discount taken at time of purchase. Visit Lowe's.com slash MVP's bonus points for details. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I have a question for you uh, very quickly because I know, uh, Rudy, you're working on this today with uh, Mike and the crew, Adam and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a guest today at 850. Yep. Which means during the middle of that, I'm going to drop off for about two to three minutes. <laughs> because that's when it happens. Yeah, we're going to, on the next uh, next time we take a break, we're going to reset your line. So we should be good. Oh! Yeah. So I should be able to get right through it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad because that was very that was very uncomfortable yesterday. All of a sudden, I was just gone, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. But I'm like, oh god, I hope they know I'm gone. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. We we figured it out after about four seconds of silence. Like, uh, yeah. uh what is? Oh, that's right. So yeah, no, uh, we're uh, yeah, we're definitely <laughs> on it today for sure. Now, uh, that four seconds of silence. Can we do that to Chris Eggert though? <laughs> on purpose. Know. Yeah, you did. You did that a couple weeks ago, Tom, and you you were not apologizing for it. In fact, I think you were pretty happy that you dipped out for <laughs> three or four minutes. He needed a break. They're going to reset it, Chris, and I'll just be, I'll be on the whole three hours instead of just two hours and 49 minutes. <laughs> what do you think? Take a little break, whatever. I, I can't hear another Nutria story, so I think I'm done. <laughs> You're out of the mix. You're uh, out of the mix, man. You guys were talking about one of my favorite subjects before the commercial break, and that is Waffle House. Oh. And um, I, I recalled that the closest Waffle House location we had here to us in Minnesota is in St. Joseph, Missouri, just north of Kansas City. Sure, uh, sure. I went to the map, and I did confirm that, and uh, that looks like the nearest spot. So for anybody who's looking for a good Waffle House, if you're going to escape prison or whatever you got going on, uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. Yeah, I'll tell you, you hear... And ladies and gentlemen, if you've never been to a Waffle House, they, they got them in Florida. So if you go to Disney World, something you can go to a Waffle House. You are going to hear people say things you thought you'd never hear at 2 o'clock in the morning. I will tell you that. Is, you ever been through an experience at 2 o'clock in the morning at Waffle House? Yes. Isn't it just, it's another world. Oh, please, Chris, it's, share. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I absolutely love Waffle House. Like, I... Anytime we go somewhere uh, down south enough where we can go to a Waffle House, I'm all about Waffle House. So, yes, sir. It's it's a slice of Americana, and you can't beat those hash browns that are smothered and covered and diced, and there's all kinds of different things. I love that. It sounds wonderful. It is. You get to so be right like there, too, and see the process. And, man, is it a process. Anybody <laughs> have curlers in their hair at 2 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Oh, it's yeah. also pretty fun on like a really early on a Saturday or Sunday where people were clearly just out all night. Mm. Oh, yeah. You sort, of, you sort of get, and then you like on a Sunday morning, you might get a little bit of like people who are out all night and still partying and like some church folks who might be there. And so, again, sure. it's just this wonderful mix of people that is very entertaining. God, that's amazing. It, it, no, I, you know what? I got to be honest with you, though. I do love the food at Waffle House. I, I agree with you. I do too. I mean, it's not it's not fancy. You're not gonna, you know. Um, no, it's good greasy spoon breakfast, and it, it's it's relatively affordable too compared to most places. So you got it all. You got. And what did I IHOP change their name for a while to something else? Didn't they IHOP or something? Oh yeah, when they were doing the yeah. burger promotion. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. That's that was, what it was. Yeah, and I don't think anything actually changed, but. Wasn't that for a Super Bowl or something? I, I feel like, yeah. I don't remember. I think you're right about that. And I got to be honest with you, for me to bitch about my food at a restaurant, because my mother was a diner waitress for 53 years, so I, I tried to be a little respectful after watching people I had to take outside and go, don't ever talk to my mother like that again. You know those situations? Yeah. I... Most food, it's very, very rare that I think the food is so bad that I won't eat it. 
Do you guys are picky about your food, or do you just kind of go, oh, well, you know, it's maybe not my kind of place, but I just, unless it's really horrible, I guess, now, you, I would eat it. I could order a burger, and they could give me a taco, and I would still not send it back. Right. Yeah. I agree. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys all been servers before? I think yeah. that changes a lot. If you've ever been a server or a bartender, like, I never send anything back, and no. I always try to tip more than, you know. Yep. just because it's such a thankless job sure and like the last thing plus here's the deal if you've ever run food or been a uh a server like you know how pissed the chefs get when you bring the food back even though it's not your fault so like a you got your table yelling at you and being pissed and then you go back and give it to the chef and that dude is always fired up. Mm-hmm. A bunch of F-bombs <laughs> going to get dropped. And yeah. like, you're just like, oh, God. So if you know all that going in, you're never going to send food back. <laughs> no, I don't. I have never sent my food back. That's one thing I will not do because if let's say you're having a steak and it's not cooked the way you wanted it to, I can suffer through it. Whether it's unless it's just burned to a crisp where it's absolutely rare, I can eat a steak. Because I always get the feeling, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I always get the feeling if I send my steak back, it's going to come back with a little spit right in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, I, as a server, though, I would never think of doing that. Like, you, it's kind of like Chris said. There's too much anxiety on all ends, anyways. And it's so yeah. funny you mentioned that, Chris. Yep. You like triggered me. I forgot how mad our head cook was. He was so angry. And I worked at a Granite City, so it's like, this is not the Premier League. Of, it's like, and bringing him something was like, um, uh, the thing is, oh God. they wanted... It was like your fault, right? <laughs> they wanted potatoes, not a side salad. And then you just like, start like, hitting your own face. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. God. It, 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 the, yeah, and the chef's like, bleepity, bleep, 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 bleep. Like, listen, just well, make bleep, some... Bleep, bleep. And like, he's pissed at you for the rest of the night oh yeah yeah it's it's not a good scene you know i agree with rudy on this one unless even if they brought me something totally different if it's good i'll go okay i'll just eat this yeah i don't care i suppose if i was getting the electric chair i'd want my exact meal but that's about it yeah right what would your tom what would your uh, last meal be if you were getting the electric chair i'm such a pain in the ass guy because but i literally would go with a steak and mashed potatoes i love steak and mashed potatoes man i just do if you want to throw some weeds on there like a you know that vegetable crap you can go throw that on there too i'll eat it (laughs) why would you eat vegetables for your last meal you're like well you're right i wouldn't my (laughs) you're right i would not eat i would just have the steak and the mashed potatoes you're absolutely right i want to make sure i'm digesting this steak okay i mean at that point right (laughs) yes Yes, indeed. No question about it. But but I never plan to get the chair, so I'm good to go. Well, I, w- I wouldn't expect as much, but you're a law-abiding citizen. I am. I always obey the law. There's no question about it. No getting around that, man. I just got a text message. We're, I'm getting a lot of texts today, by the way. I, I mean a ton of texts today. This one's very special to me. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you heard me talking about the owl, James Walsh. He was the uh, lead... Uh, Singer, the drummer for Gypsy, many, many, yeah. Uh, yeah, tons of albums sold, very, very successful career. Well, Jim and I used to play football together. 
uh, and back in Cliff now, Lauren Siegel's backyard. And uh, it was a, a pretty, pretty harsh loss because I thought that James Walsh was just one of my favorite people. Well, I just received this Gina Walsh Zeismer. I'm not sure how else to get in touch with Tom about my dad, James Walsh's celebration of life. So I'm sending this just in case he would like to come or at least know about it. His obituary will be published on Sunday. His celebration of life will be April 30th at Mancini's from 1 to 4. Uh, I would tell you some one thing there, sister. Gina, I will see you that day because I loved your father. He was one of my favorite people, a talented man, but one of the nicest people. But April 30th, Mancini's from 1 to 4. I will be there. Thank you so much for that. And thank you, for, uh, Melissa, for sending it forward. I'm, I'm learning, by the way, Chris, yes. that I used to go, hey, just give us a call. Well, people don't, don't want to call anymore. They want to text you, which I think is kind of no. cool, actually. We it, it for sure. And it's funny. It's such a – it used to be kind of more of a generational thing. I, I could see it with some of our younger people who had just gotten out of college or yep. um, who just weren't really comfortable with the phone call thing. Um, my own kids, like I call them on the phone and they act like they've never had the phone in their hand their entire life. It's all rattling around. And, what? What? Hello? You know, uh, and, and for sure. But I think more like everybody's become more comfortable with it. I find myself that way now. Like, I'd rather just text, kind of yep. just get the message across quickly. And um, but yeah, I just read a study last week that people are more triggered when they're talking on the phone with customer service people like more triggered than they've ever been and like people now there's numbers that show like people aren't hesitating to like just rip the person on the other end a new one where that never used to be the thing there used to be some kind of you know politeness there Mm -hmm. um it just makes me think i wonder if that has something to do with how much we become a a text society so when you're sitting on the phone with somebody and you got to wait seven minutes before you even get through to the guy or gal, and then you're pissed right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. But I have a question for you. I yeah. can never lie and say, well, that's not what I said at all. Because if you text them, they have proof that's what you said. That's the one problem that's I have true. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read an article the other day where they were talking about couples who argue and oh, said, if sure. you're going to argue, don't argue face-to-face, argue over text. Because it gives you a moment to process what you've read and then you know, let it sit with you. And then you have a moment to think about what it is that you want to say back. And as I read it, I said, that's the worst goddamn advice ever given. There is not a chance I'm going to argue with you over text because it would drive, it it would crawl up my skin. The fact that I could not say to you what I felt in that moment. I want to argue face to face. And then 20 minutes later, we go our separate ways and then come back and apologize and do it just like our parents did it. That is exactly how I want to argue with people. Oh, I agree. Arguing via text is bad because you put whatever negative spin. If you're in a, you know, you and your husband are in a shitty place, all of a sudden you're like, oh, what does that mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Like, no, it's not good. Mm -hmm. You ever send an all caps text? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that like yelling at someone? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. I've never done that. I got to. Tr- I got to give it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna do it right now. No, I don't. Listen I'm scared. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. <laughs> I'll, I'll okay. be waiting for the message, Tom. I've got my phone right here. <laughs> you all think it's coming right to you? There's no doubt about it. Listen, you. It'll start like that. It'll be magnificent. 
So uh, nothing really negative in the news. I've been kind of looking around while we're talking to you. Do you have trouble? Because I do, you know, once it just piles up on you. And I finally yesterday figured out I sat down and just closed my eyes and thought for a while. And I have now learned to enjoy the stupidity of the national news now. And all they do is try to make money by upsetting everyone. How do you handle a, ser- a series of negative stories on television, Chris? Is that hard to do? Uh well, to me, that all goes down to intent, right? Like, so yeah. did, do I think there's some intent by news organizations to specifically put certain stories in a certain order in order to make it seem more relevant or more scary or yes, for sure. Um, do I think that you do have to... I mean, listen, the newscasts have to be filled with something. I've got right, right. I've got 15 stories all printed out all around me, which shows my age because I like to actually look at the scripts. But, um, you know, you've got to – we've got to be on every day for two hours. We've got to do something while we're there for those two hours. We can't just sit and bullshit. Yeah. So yeah. you do have to – you know, you, you've got to put things on, and a, and a lot of the things are – not the most pleasant things in the world to talk about, that's for sure. Um, but again, that goes back to me on the intent thing. Like, are you specifically drumming up a story to make it seem bigger and try to build false outrage because you think that's going to drive your ratings? Or uh, as a journalist, are you really, you know, invested in that story being the big story of the day because it's important to people? And you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Have any of the three of you ever been struck by something? You've been told something on the air that you didn't know was coming? Or let's say you you look up at the teleprompter, in your case, Chris, and something was up there um, that you had a very sad or not even negative, but a very sad reaction to? This is this morning when you told us about Marnie Gellner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. A perfect example of what uh, Rudy's talking about is Marnie Gellner revealed that she has breast cancer. I don't know her really well. I've met her a couple of times. Very, very nice person. And God bless you. And like I said, whether there's a God or not, I'm praying for you because I say right now there is. You heard me. Just in Marnie's case, though. Right? I think the being surprised on the air thing, I don't, I don't know that that's happened too many times because if you're, I don't know, very rarely are you taking something live and just putting it on TV. Oh, I would I suppose, say yeah. um, it's very hard, though, to not be have some kind of an emotional investment in a lot of the things that you're reading about every day. There's Anytime there's a little kid who's died in some kind of an innocent, oh, yeah. you know, um, some little kid who gets caught in the gunfire of two bad people, you know, things like that. I mean, it's and any any time there's a big, uh, like a catastrophic weather event or there's a right. bunch of. I mean, I think. Well, I like to think most people feel something when they're when they're talking about things because that's what that that's what makes them a human being. The to me the 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 skill in it is to when there are things that make you feel a certain way. Um, that still doesn't mean that you should take your own angle on the story or it doesn't mean that that's your opportunity then to, you know, rip somebody or to put a certain spin or slant on it because it, it pisses you off. 
I mean, as a right as a journalist, it's supposed to be presented right down the middle, and um, so that I think that does make it challenging, particularly in stories that you do have an emotional connection to, because everybody has biases. I don't. There's no. Everybody has biases about everything. There's no fantasy world where that journalists are an unbiased people. Everyone's got opinions on everything. The the but to be good at it and trusted is that you put any biases you have aside and you tell the story. Yeah, I mean that makes total sense, but it's just the weird things that happen and how you handle Well, I mean, just a little over a year ago, I was told on the air at the queue that Louis Anderson had just died. Uh, Brian hopped on and goes, Tom, I got sad news for you. Louis Anderson died just a few minutes ago. And I remember that affected me greatly because you're on the air and you go, Jesus, uh, you know, that's, that stuff is tough to take. Uh, that deal, the, the toughest one for me, though, I will never forget it. And then I found out that he had died from someone else on the air, too, uh, later on, but a couple of years later. But I was uh, doing the, the morning show, and I'm on the field. We're having a great time and all the rest of it. And all of a sudden, I get a text message from Vince Flynn. You guys remember Vince Flynn, right? Mm-hmm. Great author and all the rest of it. Yep. I, my phone, and, it, and he keeps sending it. So it's, I figure, God, this must be important. He keeps sending a message. On the air, I looked at a message that said, Tom, sorry to hear your mother just died. <gasps> I had no idea oh, she had died. God. It's like, holy oh. Christ. That was a tough one to take. On the air, I'm reading, and I do appreciate that Vince did it for me. Vince and I were very good friends. Matter of fact, the whole Flynn family are great. But to read a friend of yours telling you, sorry to hear your mother just died, is a bitch, man. That is tough to get through. Did you stay on the air that day? I had to, because otherwise it would come apart at the seams. I was very close to my mother. We had the same voice, you know. I mean, so that's one reason I was close to her. Mm -hmm. Listen, you kids. No, Brittany, you met my mother, didn't you? No, I never got to meet well, you your mom, did. but I, I don't know how you were able. To, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying is that you just had to keep doing your job because yep. otherwise yep. your brain would go crazy. I would have come apart at the seams, too. I adored my mother. Oh, I do. I, me and my mom oh. were best friends. I just would, I would, I would not be okay. Oh, <laughs> you're not okay right now already. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth, you monster. Shut up, Tom. Shut up. That is the one downfall of technology and the fact that we all have some sort of communication device in our pockets because we've yeah. lost that that touch, that human interaction of when tragedy does strike. I remember just doing my dishes and my phone vibrated and I looked at it and it said, beloved comedian Robin Williams commits suicide. Oh, I was so sure. angry at my phone. Yeah. I was like, I, yeah. want, I wanted yeah. somebody to tell me that. Like when Prince passed away, I was at the gym and somebody had walked up to me and they go, did you hear about Prince? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, they just found him dead in his elevator at Paisley Park. It, it, there was that moment where I was like, it was so tragic, but I was so glad that somebody... You got a human. Had the, yeah, that there was a wherewithal yeah. that somebody came and told you with their own words. Yeah. Yep, that's, good point. A, that's a very uh, good observation, Rudy. I, I agree with that 100% because the the phone piece, it it's so not personal, no. right? Like yeah. it just... And, they are annoying. So any kind of news you get from <laughs> yeah. it, it's yeah. I'm, I'm at a point true. now where like I get any text and like, like I, 
I'm like triggered from just any kind of death. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh, it's a picture of a dog. Someone said <laughs> my oh. mom wishing me happy birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I'm get, I, I've learned, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you, you can start texting in because I've learned that I'm, I'm turning, I'm not waiting for phone calls. I'm going to the text, but uh, they, a listener wants to know from all four of us, is there anybody when you were on the air who died and you cheered? <laughs> Oh, That's God. Nice. Oh, God. How about Hitler? Uh, no, I wasn't alive uh, then. Never mind. I didn't cheer, but oh, no. there was a... Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> I covered the first, like, real murder trial I covered when I was working in South Dakota was this case of this guy who was accused of going out in the middle of the country and, like, abducting and killing this, like, beautiful farm wife, mother of two, like nothing she had nothing to do with this dude just the guy happened upon her farm and um i sat through the entire court the trial for weeks next to her mom i went and knocked on this guy's trailer park door when he was first revealed as a suspect like i was very intimately involved in that case um and i heard that he died on death row and I'm not going to lie. I I mean, I feel happy about it, but I, I definitely was like in my head. I was like, well, good, you know, yeah. shit yep. or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you <laughs> now. I would have never said that on the air, but I, I definitely have had that feeling before where you hear that about somebody and you're like, yeah. well, good riddance. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the one. Was it Christ X Scarver beat uh, Jeffrey Dahmer to death in prison with a toilet plunger? You cheered at that one, I bet. Yeah, there's just kind like, of hard to. Yeah. Although, did you guys watch? Did you watch the Dahmer? Yes. The Netflix thing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, aren't they painting him as a little? Aren't, aren't are people a little more sympathetic now after that? Yeah, yeah. My mom watched it and said, uh, and "said uh, you know, it's a good thing that you guys had me." Because uh, his parents turned, it was his parents' fault that he turned into Jeffrey Dahmer. It's a good thing you had me or you'd be Jeffrey Dahmer. I was like, easy, (laughs) back it up there, Mom. That's a low bar that you're sneaking under, yeah. Yeah. She might be right, though. She could be. That's that's a great guilt trip. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Eggert, Channel 5 Eyewitness, it was always a pleasure, sir. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good day. Thanks a lot, Chris Eggert. Man, we got, again, I'll say it. I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, we got very lucky to all the people that we, I mean, not you two, no. but everybody else we have on the show. No, yeah. you could have done better with me and Rudy, but. Children to the wheel. So yeah. is life. Woe is me. What are you going to do? So everything else is good? Yeah, we're just, I'm just having a, a good day. I mean, you guys both made me want to cry, both you and Chris today, but besides what do you that. Mean? We talk about your mom dying, and then he talks about this woman getting killed. Yeah, yeah like, you guys. Let's get back to Rudy Spelling, where I own. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Let's get back to something pathetic. That's really nice. What a sweetheart you are. Thank you. All right, we do have to take a break. Tom Wheelwright, we're going to be talking about all kinds of great stuff, like, well, things like money, stuff like that. Our special guest right after this coming up, Tom Wheelwright, the Tom Bernard Show. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. 
And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced, professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender? Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Nerds! Here at NerdWallet, we often see people struggle with financial decisions, like with Helen. Hey, Helen. Hello. Hello. Helen, you're all over the place. I'm trying to pick a rewards credit card, and I've ended up, well, everywhere. 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 With NerdWallet, you don't have to feel all over the place. NerdWallet has side-by-side comparisons of top credit cards. So whether you need a card for groceries or travel, the smartest card for you is right there. Wow. 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 Now I'm in one place with the right travel rewards card. 